Marketplace is supported by Putnam Investments, celebrating over 70 years of service to financial advisors, their clients, and institutions worldwide. Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Produced in association with the University of Southern California. The economic report du jour is once again about housing. The way it works is that one day the used home sales numbers come out, as they did yesterday. And then the next day, it's new homes. Anybody out there care to guess which one's more depressing? From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Reputation Defender, helping doctors, lawyers, and small business owners monitor, protect, and improve their online reputations. ReputationDefender.com slash market. And by Gather.com, the social network where people can make new friends who share their interests. People talking about today's news at news.gather.com. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. It is Wednesday today. This one is the 23rd of June. Good to have you here. The Commerce Department reported on May sales for new homes this morning. It's a figure they have been keeping track of since 1963. I mentioned that date because in all the years since then, we have never seen a lower annualized new home sales number. That's mostly because people stopped shopping for homes after the government stopped offering an $8,000 tax credit to do so. Now, the housing market helped get us into this recession. And as Marketplace's Jeremy Hobson reports now from New York, we're going to need it to help get us out. Plenty of market watchers here in New York were floored by this morning's news. Dan Greenhouse is one of them. He's chief economic strategist at Miller Tayback. He says no less than our entire economic recovery is at stake. Without that boost from housing, that boost from confidence, uh, and that boost from jobs, uh, it's very difficult to make the case that we're going to have a a broad-based V-shaped recovery until the housing market fully turns, and that may not be for several quarters. Greenhouse says the reason the housing market matters has less to do with construction jobs and interest rates and more to do with consumer sentiment. A house is someone's largest investment, and it's very hard to argue from a sentiment standpoint that I feel comfortable going to Best Buy to buy a new TV or J. Crew to get a new whatever J. Crew sells uh, if my single largest investment, that is my house, is going down in value every month. So could a collapse in the housing recovery send us into a double-dip recession? I asked Mark Zandi, chief economist for Moody's Analytics. If the housing market starts moving downward again, if we start seeing large, consistent price declines, that would be the basis for uh, a double-dip recession. In fact, you know, I think the threat from housing uh, is probably more serious than the threat that's coming from uh, the European debt crisis. But Zandi says this morning's news shouldn't be too surprising given the expiration of that tax credit. He expects only modest declines in home prices going forward, and that, he says, should help us avoid a double-dip recession. In New York, I'm Jeremy Hobson for Marketplace. Interior Secretary Ken Salazar said today he's going to come up with another way to get a drilling moratorium for the Gulf Coast of Mexico. A federal judge in New Orleans threw out the administration's first pass at a six-month ban yesterday. Critics of that decision quickly discovered that the judge in the case, Martin Feldman, has held shares in a number of oil and gas firms, including Transocean, the company that owned the Deepwater Horizon rig that's at the root of the current troubles. And that got our morning meeting wondering today what sorts of rules do federal judges have to follow when it comes to investing. Brett Neely has more. It's usually up to judges to decide whether they have a conflict of interest in a case. There's one hard and fast financial rule, says law professor Charles Jay at Indiana University. Were he to own even a single share of stock in 
one of the companies that is in the middle of the litigation. He would have to step down. That wasn't the case in yesterday's decision. Judge Feldman didn't own shares in the companies that sued over the government's ban on offshore drilling. But his most recent financial disclosures showed that he owned shares in several energy companies, including ones that drill in the Gulf of Mexico, up to $15,000 worth of stock in each one. The judge hasn't responded to media requests for more detail. Once you have this issue raised, I think that's the kind of basis on which judges either need to make full and complete disclosures or take themselves off the case. Deborah Rohde teaches legal ethics at Stanford Law School. She thinks more judges ought to put their assets in a blind trust so that there aren't these perceived conflicts of interest. But law professor Jay says it's also important to look at how those stock holdings relate to a judge's overall net worth.